Hello everybody, welcome back to Witch Fix. Today we're looking at a movie from 2020, I think it came out on DVD this year, called Witch Hunts, uh, and it's described as Carrie meets The Handmaid's Tale, and at first I was like, oh great, I love both of those things. This is a surefire winner, it's a recent movie, it has actresses in it that I've heard of, it's inspired by two things that I really like. But then after I'd watched it, I was like, neither of those things is about witches. Like, why didn't they say The Craft meets The Handmaid's Tale or Sabrina meets The Handmaid's Tale? And I think it's because this movie really resists being a film about witches, which I'll dig into in a minute. Uh, so here's the description from the back of the box. Hunted, persecuted, executed. The witch trials comes to life in modern day America and no one is safe from persecution or execution. Claire, Gideon Adlin, the craft legacy, and her mother, Elizabeth Mitchell, the expanse, the purge election year, are part of an underground movement in charge of ferrying women accused of witchcraft to safety. All is well in their world until a new charge brings the witch hunters to their door. Will they escape with their lives or will they also be charged with the ungodly crime of being a witch? Let the witch hunt begin. And you might think, oh, that blurb mentions witches an awful lot. And yet there is so little actual witchcraft in this movie. Which is a shame, because that would have really spiced up the hour and a half that I was watching it. As it was, it was kind of boring. Um, so, so we'll get into it. I am going to trigger one, because there is a graphic scene of burning, although the CGI is not that great. So I don't know how convincing you're going to find it. Uh, and also some scenes of, like medicalized abuse I'm gonna call it um so just if that's gonna trigger you steer clear of the movie and I will be discussing those moments within the review itself first a word about the cover however it's all split in two you've got uh, one character on each side the main character on the left and one of the witches uh, from the story on the right hand side both of them have glowing eyes one set green the other set brown kind of goldish and then at the bottom underneath which hunt the title of the film it has someone holding their hands up and like obliterating a wall using like psychic powers and there's like a bright fiery light like an explosion and that makes this film look like it's going to feature a lot of witchcraft a lot of supernatural stuff you got like women with glowing eyes you got people blowing shit up that's not really what the film is like and i think if i'd have known a little bit more about what to expect fr from just the cover then i would have gone into it not expecting it to be the kind of film that it wasn't uh, but i literally just bought this from ebay it showed up in a search for the word witch so i bought it and the cover kind of missold me on it as this kind of supernatural coming of age story when really it's more like a kind of ham-fisted political allegory that's like trying to be a horror movie and isn't scary or very supernatural in any way. So we'll get into it and I will eventually find something positive to say. We open on possibly the only exciting four minutes in the film, which they continually show as like nightmares and flashbacks, I guess because they know it's the only real action for most of the movie. Um, but we start off with the definition of a witch hunt, both the literal definition of hunting real witches and also on like rooting out people with a political idea or uh, attacking people for their like beliefs or your wrong idea of what their beliefs are. And then we arrive in New England present day and this comes up over an image of a woman 
bound to a stake and we see a man in a black suit approaching with a torch and obviously it's very jarring for this to be in the present day you know we're burning a witch it's a really good introduction to the lore of the movie uh, i really wish the rest of the film had lived up to this opening but it's a, it's a great opening and this is woman has red hair and in the crowd we see there are her two daughters also with red hair and she yells at them to run and they stay and they watch as she is burned alive at the stake and you see like her flesh coming off and all of that stuff we then cut to california southern california uh, also present day but like three months later so i guess it was a lie that it was present day before we get it it's the modern era but three months after the witch burning and we meet our main character, Claire, sitting in a classroom. And they are learning about the 11th Amendment to the Constitution, which is that no person may practice witchcraft in the United States of America. So again, a little bit more law. So much of the law in this is text-based. Like, we see things written on boards or in textbooks or on computer screens. And if you're not a particularly fast reader or if you're not pausing to read every screen, you're going to miss out on so much lore that could have really been delivered in a more organic way. Like, there are occasions where they manage to do this and it works so well, and I, I will be commenting on those, but a lot of it is just very clunky kind of drop-in expositional Wikipedia pages in there where they didn't need to. So Claire is sitting in class, a note is passed to a red-headed girl in the class that says, which bitch on it, and it seems to upset her. Claire also sees this note and kind of laughs, but in the way of like, oh shit, now I've got to laugh to stay in with these popular assholes. Um, and they are told that they're all being assigned an amendment to the Constitution to write about um, the amendment in the context of a current event. And of course, Claire gets Amendment 11, the witchcraft one. Uh, we also learn that she's asthmatic. She has to use an inhaler in the hallway after class. Her friends are in the hallway as well, watching a video of a witch being apprehended by the police uh, and being shot with a salt round because salt like disrupts their powers. And it's very obviously very similar to watching the videos of, you know, um, people in America being shot for no reason. Um, the attacks by police on, you know, unarmed black people in America. It's very analogous to that. And I think one of the reasons that the kind of analogy of the whole movie falls flat is that it can't really decide what it wants to be about because we've got this uh, which is very much sort of keyed into um, one level of activism and then you've got also like the border issue and Mexican immigration and then you've got like the rights of women and it's like jumbled all of these things together and instead of being about kind of like one main thing with then kind of trickling down into how this affects other other aspects of society it tries to do everything at once and tries to relate every single kind of oppression to, to witches as a as if like racism and all this other stuff has just completely disappeared and has been replaced by this one overarching prejudice and i don't think it really works because really you'd have that one overarching prejudice but it would still be affected by you know other prejudices which is something that the handmaid's tale does really well her friend Jen makes a, a comment that after Prop 6 passes, um, the red-headed girl in the class will be locked up too. And it becomes clear later that Prop 6 is basically setting up internment camps for the children of convicted witches. So even if they haven't shown that they have any witchcraft talent yet, they'll be locked up because their family member was guilty of being a witch. Claire then goes home and on her way she sees a cross graffitied on the wall which separates 
um, like her side, California, from Mexico. We find that Claire lives in an isolated farmhouse, like way outside of town, and we quickly see the reason for this. She passes the mailbox, which has a little flag stuck up that says water on it, so obviously indicating that they need a water delivery. And no one answers when she gets home, she's sort of walking around the empty house, hears some sounds, and then is surprised by a red-headed woman who was previously hiding in the wall. Because her mum is part of this underground railroad, which is getting witches from America into Mexico, where they'll be safe. This witch, however, appears with the sound like the psycho music. Like, this is our first, like, scare in what is meant to be this horror movie. And it's a jump scare of something that isn't scary. And that's kind of my issue with it. It's like, don't try and be a horror film if, if you're not actually scary or try and do the horror aspects with the stuff that's actually disconcerting and not just cheap jump scares. The witch kind of comes out and like walks around for a bit and uh, everyone mumbles in this movie so I wasn't sure what she was saying but she brings a little glass butterfly ornament to life and makes it flutter around. She kind of acts like a fairy person who has no concept of the danger that is everywhere outside of these four walls which none of the other witches do, so I don't know what this woman's deal was, but she goes back in the wall. Claire's mother and two brothers arrive back from, I guess, school, and the mother has received a postcard which says, like, greetings from Grenade de Azul or something on it. Like, the front is ripped and we only see it for a second. But she hides this from Claire, and obviously this is maybe something that's coming from Mexico, maybe something to do with Claire. It's, it's, it's way obvious what the secret of the film is before we ever get there, so you've probably already guessed it. Jacob, the water delivery guy, then comes to pick up the witch that they have hidden. So he drops off water from a crate and then the witch gets in the crate and he takes her away. He puts the flag down as, as he leaves. But then we see as he's driving sort of into the night, him getting pulled over by the cops in the black suits and after a little bit of interrogation and waving this weird compass looking thing around they pour salt in a circle around his car and set it on fire and then we never see Jacob again so I'm not sure what happens to him and he is the only black character in this movie and they just sort of disappear him part of the way in and it, it just is very strange to me that a movie that is talking so much about like race and oppression and the border and police violence would just have their like only black character taken by the police and then vanish but then not really have any of the other characters talk about him or where he's gone like having him just taken off by the, the spooky thought police could have been quite scary could have been quite a good moment to to make something of but yet aside from asking about his whereabouts once everyone just forgets that jacob exists which is weird. Claire then asks her mother to stop smuggling witches because we can't keep risking our lives for them um, because Claire doesn't like witches that much and she's meant to be on, I guess, kind of an emotional journey throughout the movie about, you know, how she feels about witches, but we don't really get enough from her to really understand the kind of journey she's on. And her main gripe with having the witches in the house seems to be that she can't have her friends over, which is... A concern that I would describe to a much younger child and not like a nearly fully grown adult but there we go she's angry also that since her dad died they've had to move out into this farmhouse in the middle of nowhere for seemingly no reason 
and she says that the witches are criminals because you know they have these powers which obviously they didn't ask for so there we go and she starts to get really hit up and her mum says don't let your emotions get the best of you do you need your inhaler which is like a pretty freaking obvious clue slash just telling us outright that Claire needs to keep her emotions under control and that somehow an inhaler helps her do that and obviously this means that she has some sort of powers that need to be hidden and yet the movie plays coy for literally the next 45 minutes she'll keep getting hit up and then magical things will happen and then she'll use her inhaler and everything will be fine and they just like they do it so many times and I feel like you only have to do it once for the audience to understand where you're going with this it just felt like the movie thought that I was dumb and had to keep doing it so that I would know something was going on the new smuggled witches are brought in the next day by a different person and meant to be collected the next morning by Jacob, but we all know that's not going to happen. And they are the red-headed children from the opening who are called Fiona, um, that's the like older one who is sort of Claire's age, and Shay who is the same age as her younger brothers. Claire goes into her room and kind of picks up the butterfly and then taps it and it flies again. Like, we're meant to believe it has some sort of residual magic left in it, or is this just her using magic and we're expected to forget about this? But there we go. Claire then has a nightmare of the burning from the opening and when she wakes up she has to use her inhaler again. And she sees like another jump scare of Shay's like open-mouthed contorted body on the floor but then kind of wakes up properly like the lights come on and Shay is just standing at the end of the bed sleepwalking. It's never explained why her body would have been on the floor or in fact why she's having dreams of an event that she did not experience. Is she psychically tapping into what Shay's thinking unclear she also sees during the stream a, a woman in a black veil who looks exactly like the woman in black and uh, i don't think it's ever explained who that is meant to be either the next morning uh, at breakfast they're waiting for jacob to come and we get a shot of his car still smoldering at the roadside so obviously that's not happening um so that's unfortunate it takes them forever to actually get concerned about this uh, the mum then shows Fiona and Shay passages within the walls of the house and she's like this is a really old house and it has these like wall passages in it uh, very little on the original owners of the house maybe that would have helped explain the veiled woman but if they did mention that they were mumbling and I didn't hear while exploring inside the wall passages Shay says hello to someone directly kind of like behind the camera and the lights all flicker off and then a dead kind of rotted hand reaches for her and she begins to scream uh, the others hear her screaming from inside the wall like fiona and the mum are in the kitchen and they hear her screaming they're like banging on the wall like shay shay you in there and then it goes silent and neither one of them runs to get into the passages to go and find her they just keep staring at the wall like they've been told to wait for the next event in the script to happen because shay like appears behind them she like pops into existence um having been scared she never tells them what she's been scared by and doesn't seem that affected by it or mentions this weird hand again while at school claire sees a border control bus full of screaming witches being driven away because they've been trying to cross the border into mexico it's weird that they would take like a, something that is very like real like a, a border patrol bus full of like people who were like being driven off to a detention center and make basically all of them white and 
basically literally whitewash a symbol of something that constantly happens to Mexican people. It feels like, like, where are, why are all the witches in this movie white? It, 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 it's a very strange idea to me. But there we go. She begins to have a panic attack or asthma attack or whatever while watching this. And then the guy, one of the guards who's escorting an escaped witch to the bus, begins to have, like, uh, some sort of similar attack. He begins to cough and choke. And the witch is able to get free. But then Claire takes a hit off her inhaler he recovers from his attack and shoots the witch in the back. Again, this is like a sign of her performing magic, but whatever, the movie blows past it. Fiona then reads tarot cards, uh, like, out in the open, hanging around with the, the boys and Shay. I don't know why she has these. Like, no importance is given to them whatsoever. It, it just seems like a really dangerous thing for her to be having out and about in this house. One of the boys, however, is reading a book called We're Going on a Witch Hunt. Like, we're going on a bear hunt, the actual children's book and that's one of the details that i really like because it shows that this sort of idea of witch hunting has been normalized and engrossed like deeply into their culture so that they have like children's books about it and i thought that was an element that worked really well and we could have done with more of that maybe like things on television or artwork or things like that which would have really brought this world home to us and those are some really interesting details as opposed to just showing us a Wikipedia page about the history of this world. Show us what this world actually is and maybe even show us some flashbacks of how it came to be. Like at what point does their history deviate from our own? That's something you get in The Handmaid's Tale, both in the series and the book. You get these sort of flashbacks where you see the world beginning to change and become this new terrifying thing and I think that's what the movie could have really benefited from. Their neighbour comes over to talk about how someone in their town has been smuggling witches and isn't it scandalous and so the mum has to give her a bunch of guff about how like she thinks there need to be more border patrols and they need to start executing witches in the streets because they're just so evil and then the um, neighbour goes away. Claire then sees a Facebook post of her friends um, like hanging out without her and she feels sad because she can't invite them to her house to hang out because there's witches in the walls. And then she scrolls down and they've shared, like, photos and videos of, like, witches and things in support of Prop 6, including a video of a girl whose parents were killed in a driving accident caused by a witch. So not even, like, she didn't cause it with witchcraft. She caused it by crashing into their car. And she says, under Prop 6, these people wouldn't even be able to have a license. They wouldn't be able to drive. And they can't be trusted with that freedom either. Which is, again, like a lot better than just showing us a Wikipedia page. It's showing us the kinds of things that you see people sharing on Facebook all the time. She begins to write an essay called, Is Prop 6 Constitutional? We never really see anything come of this essay. Like She doesn't deliver it at school, which I think would have been a, a nice moment for her to see how people reacted to her after she expressed maybe support for witches. But there we go. Claire now begins to sleepwalk. Apparently that's contagious. She sees three women in black veils and black dresses and the ghost of the burnt witch from the beginning. Uh, so she wakes up and is freaked out and Fiona makes her some tea and starts talking to her about a constellation and she says her mother won't shut up about it as if her mother is still alive and when claire is confused she says well witch dead don't really leave us they're always around telling us things and it's like huh 
I wonder why Claire can also see them. The dead witch from the, the boot of Jacob's car also like comes to her in a vision and says Edem, which I think is, she's like, uh, has a different language. I'm not clear on what country she's meant to come from, but it means the same. So we're getting so many hints that something is up with Claire. I wonder if you can guess what that might be. Anywho, mum goes to ask where Jacob is at, I guess, the grocery store where he works. And she's told, oh yeah, he hasn't been in for a few days while a cop who's standing outside watches them. And that's the last mention we get of Jacob. Uh, his, his death pretty much goes unmourned and unremarked upon. Or even, debatably, undiscovered. Claire then goes to the movies and a girl ahead of them in the line, um, they're going to see a remaster of Thelma and Louise, which is such a weird concept, like, do teenagers go and see films like that? I don't think they do, but okay. The girl ahead of them in the line can't get in because she's on the witch list, and it's like a new policy, like if you have a family member who is a convicted witch, you can't go into the movie theatre. And she begins to kick off and Claire begins to have an attack and then the glass on like the little ticket selling cubicle shatters and she uses her inhaler and the girl runs away like oh no I did that but pretty pretty clear that she didn't also no one tries to stop her running away or like goes after her or calls the police even though from their perspective she just used witchcraft so that seemed a tad unrealistic to me Fiona, uh, back at home, like Claire comes in and she says that she has discovered the constellation that she's, you know, meant to be finding that her mum kept talking about. And she points it out to Claire. It's in the shape of a crucifix, so similar to that graffiti that was just randomly on that wall. It transpires that Fiona hasn't really seen a lot of movies or pop culture. Again, I'd be fascinated to watch a movie from Fiona's perspective. Like, what has she missed out on? What is her life like as a witch? That seems to be the interesting story here. Like, Handmaid's Tale is Handmaid's Tale because it's from the perspective of a handmaid, like someone who is in this regime and affected by it, not from someone who just today started talking to a handmaid. It's it's a, kind of a weird perspective thing. But Claire explains the plot of Thelma and Louise to Fiona. I wonder if this will become relevant later on in the movie. But she talks about it and Fiona kind of speculates that the freeze frame at the end where they go off the cliff and you don't actually see them like crash or anything was sensors removing evidence of witchcraft from the movie that maybe they just made the car fly away. I don't know why they would even film that to put it in a movie unless this is meant to be a movie that predates the criminalisation of witchcraft. Don't know because they don't tell us when like the amendment was made or if they did it's in tiny print on the Wikipedia page so... We never really find out, like, how this world came about, which is, to me, a really interesting idea. Like, there was that one episode of Charmed where uh, Phoebe uses magic against some guy who keeps letting his dog, like, crap outside their house. And somehow, several years into the future, he has become very political. He's exposed the existence of witches and they've created a society that, that has criminalised witchcraft. And although that isn't a terribly believable series of events, it is still a series of events that you have been shown to justify the state of the world as it is. During the course of recounting the plot of Thelma and Louise, Fiona mentions she's never been to a bar, which obviously she hasn't, I thought she was like 14, but Claire then takes her to a bar and then they start doing magic in front of people at the bar? Like, this made no sense to me, like, this is meant to be super dangerous and you're just out here just doing magic where people can see you, but Fiona says that she doesn't have the gene 
to do like flying car magic but then she makes some water rise out of a glass into like a kind of shape uh, and then when Claire reaches out and touches her hand it falls um, so that's probably a sign that they should stop doing that kind of thing in front of people but then Fiona says Claire should have a go and maybe she should try and when she tries all the lights go off and then when they come back up they look and everyone in the bar is staring at them like 10 people and bar stools are floating above their table and then when they when Fiona runs out they stay there and when Claire runs out they fall again it's not incredibly surprising that Claire is a witch I'm just gonna spoil that one for you right now did you guess did you not guess if so I would maybe go to a hospital and check for a recent head injury there's a quite a nice moment where Fiona kind of freaks out and she's like I'm really sorry that shouldn't have happened but how am I meant to control something that I am not even allowed to practice and it kind of shows a little bit about what it's like to be a witch in this scenario and they wake up the next morning in the same bed there seems to be kind of like maybe a, a crush burgeoning romance thing between them it's never really explored but they wake up the next day and the man in the dark suit comes and he asks them uh, like Claire's mother if their dad is home and obviously he's dead and she's like well I own this property and there's an interesting moment there where it's kind of looking at how women's rights are slightly eroded by the presence of these anti-witch cops like they're not buying that women are owning this property they're asking to speak to the man in the house this could have been really interesting deconstructed we could have seen like how Claire was with the boys in her year at school where I don't think she actually interacts with any of them we do see it a little bit in her brothers um later on in the film but it could have been explored a lot more the black suit guy waves a weird compass looking thing around and says that it detects low pressure and that witch hunters in generations past would manage to sense this low pressure like you know when your ears pop um, and that it is left behind by the use of magic which is a weird concept but okay um, and he inspects the house and he walks in on Claire changing her clothes and seems to you know pick up on some pressure in her room maybe from that butterfly that was you know magically enhanced earlier and he says he'll return to the house with a warrant so now the girls have to live in the wall full time it's just too dangerous for them to come out which they definitely made the woman that was there before them live in the walls like we didn't see her chilling in the guest room so I don't know why the children were just allowed to roam around anyway at school all of the girls are assembled to be re-prick tested uh, so pricking like witch pricking is then they go over and they find like moles and they like stab them with a needle to see if it bleeds and if it bleeds or not a witch and if it doesn't bleed you know that's bad this is a really interesting moment and again something I think they could have really pushed for and put throughout the the movie like there is a lot of white people in this movie like make it about women's rights because you won't you've only really got women in this movie there's no one else that you can really like comment on but I found this really interesting and again very similar to The Handmaid's Tale which is what it claims to be like on the cover um that you know the girls are expected to go and strip off and have their moles measured and stabbed like this and later when Claire gets home her little brothers are saying like oh yeah all the girls had to be witchcraft uh witch pricked so we got extra recess and it's like the boys are getting treats and special things while the girls are being penalized and 
suspected of, of wrongdoing and I think that's something that they could really push for in the film and it would have made it a lot more interesting. Claire asks her mum if she can dig out her most recent sink certificate um, which is a witch swimming thing which we'll see later. That night Claire goes to her brothers and says hey can you let Shay play with you because she's really lonely and they're like you know we don't really want to play with her because she's she's a witch and they seem really wary of Claire now they're like in their little secretive kind of twin world between the two of them they don't seem to really respect their mum either again push it further let's get more of that concept but after she leaves another version of her brother comes out of the bathroom and it's kind of implied that Shay is pretending to be one of them so that they will play with her Claire has a, a dream again where she wakes up and her bed is by the cross graffiti and there's these blue roses growing up from under the wall. And when she climbs a ladder to look over the wall, the um, witch who was caught in Jacob's car and also Fiona and Shay's mother are on the other side, like beckoning her to come over the wall and be on their side. And then she wakes up and she's on the roof of the house about to jump off. And her mum's like screaming at her to like, obviously not do that. So she does jump off the roof, but reaches the ground safely. There's a sort of poof of black smoke, but no nothing really concrete to tell us how she managed this. But they are seen by their nosy neighbour, so obviously trouble's coming. The next day, Claire still goes to school, and four of the girls with suspicious marks are being sunk again, like they're being sink tested again. They take them to the swimming pool, they give them like uh, an oxygen... Uh, mask type thing strap them to a chair and then they kick the chair into the pool and they go in the water and if they float they're a witch and they'll be taken away and there's a guy standing like on the diving board pointing a shotgun at them it's a really tense moment it's great it's the kind of horror that I was expecting from the film you know you're waiting to see who will float if Claire and her friends who are watching this from like the equipment cupboard will be discovered and maybe tested um, none of the girls float, but then they pull one out and she had a panic attack underwater and lost the oxygen mask and drowned. Uh, so obviously that's incredibly dark. And yet when Claire and her friends talk about it afterwards, they're saying, well, it was her choice to be tested. So it's her fault if she drowned. And Claire's like, well, it's not really a choice, is it? We all have to do it when they tell us to do it. And it comes so close to making a point out of all this. Uh, and really kind of bringing that home but then it doesn't and then I don't think we see her friends again so cool Claire arrives home to a completely silent house um and she finds Shay pretending to be her brother like she shapeshifts back into Shay and she gets told that her mum and brothers have actually been taken for questioning while she was at school Fiona then reveals that she went to hide the butterfly so that it wouldn't be discovered if they searched the house. And she found Claire's essay about how witches are all evil and they should be locked up in camps. And Claire's like, oh, I only wrote that for school. And she kind of has a point, like she has to write things like that for school, just like her mum has to say things like that to the neighbour, otherwise they'll get caught. And Fiona's not having it. She's like, no, you actually believe this and you hate witches. The witch hunter returns with Mother and the boys and... Shay and Fiona are listening through the wall and they recognise him as the witch hunter who burned their mother in New England, which is not next to California. I know that much. So how has he come to be here? Dunno. But Shay loses control and uses magic uh, and he senses it and starts to accuse Claire because he knows it's not her mum and he knows it's obviously not the boys because boys can't be witches. So it's got to be Claire. 
um, she defends witches and she says, well, you're a government employee. You know, if I'm suspected of witchcraft, I have to be tried. There's a procedure. You can't just shoot me in my own house. And he points the gun at her and says, you're going to have to do witchcraft or I'm going to kill you. And then once you've done witchcraft, you'll be guilty of a crime, which is, again, a great moment. It kind of feeds into the idea of, you know, if you know that the police are out to get you and you're not safe with them, you're going to resist arrest. You're going to kick up and then they can hurt you even more. So it was a great moment. I wish there had been more moments like this in the film where it had really kind of grasped what it wanted to do. Just as he's about to shoot her, Fiona runs past, surprising him. Mum and the boys like run out of the house, but he stops Claire before she can and then locks her mother and the boys out of the house. So it's just her and him. He drags her around and he starts asking her, like, where's the witch? Tell me where the witch is or I'm going to shoot you. Um, he's then grabbed by a charred hand and she is able to escape. And she tries to go and get Fiona and Shay out of the wall, but the hatch to the wall passages is stuck shut. The women in black come for the witch hunter and they turn into fire and smoke and the house begins to burn. Smoke starts to fill the passages. Claire refuses to leave, even though Fiona and Shay are like, get out, you're going to die. It's, un you know, it's, it's not that big of a fire, guys, calm down. But she's like refusing to leave them and she begins to have an asthma attack. And she begins to have this asthma attack for the next five minutes but then finally she gets worked up enough that she uses magic she holds up her hands and the wall cracks in like four places not the dramatic kind of explosive cracks on the cover of the dvd box but it cracks apparently enough that the hatch gets shaken loose and fiona and shay can get out so everyone gets in the car and they drive a distance away i guess down to the barn or you know just off the property and then mum gives her explanation to claire she's like there is witchcraft on your father's side and I hope it would skip you but it didn't and you're a witch and she moved them to this house in the middle of nowhere because it's near the border and she thought you know if, if Claire is a witch she might need to cross cross over that's what she says cross over not cross into Mexico just cross over and this is the point at which it starts to mean sort of two things it doesn't seem to mean just going into Mexico and it got very confusing but there we go she reveals that the postcards have been sent by the dad's family, who are witches, and she wants Claire to go and join them because she's not going to be safe here. But only witches can cross over. So her mum and her brothers are going to have to stay in America. And I was really confused by this. Why can't her mum and brothers go to Mexico if that's where she's going? Or is she crossing over into some sort of witch dimension that happens to be on the other side of that wall in Mexico and only witches can go in there? This is not explained very well and was very confusing. But we're nearly at the end of the movie, so there we go. The three girls um, get in the car and they drive to where this one crucifix is on this completely otherwise empty portion of the wall. And there's a blue rose underneath it growing through the salt sprinkled at the base of the wall. And they drive towards the wall and the second before they make contact, it freeze frames and the movie ends. Just like Thelma and Louise going off the cliff. So there was a lot going on in this movie. Um, some of it was quite good. I liked some of the elements of world building. An attempt was made. But a lot of it went uncommented on. And the fact that the main character is someone who doesn't even know they're a witch until about four minutes before the end of the movie. Even though the, re like the reader, the audience can work that out really early on, is incredibly frustrating. 
and we don't get to see a lot of magic. We see one butterfly flutter around, and then we see her break a wall and a window shatter. There's no, like, real explanation or exploration of what witchcraft powers are even like, because we're not on the witch side experiencing this. You know, we're stuck with Claire, who thinks she's normal and doesn't know anything about it. So that's a little bit disappointing. Also, even if, obviously, Claire has, like, Mexican heritage, the predominantly the cast of the movie is just white people. And it's trying to be a movie about, like, oppression. And can you imagine if they tried to do a movie like Get Out and they'd just done it with an all-white cast? don't think it would have been exactly the same and it wouldn't have had the same kind of, like, meaning and symbolism things behind it. So it feels like a big swig and a miss uh, to try and bring in elements of, like, border control and police racism and not just to stick to this sort of Handmaid's Tale, women's rights, and then use that as a way to look at well, these are what other women are also going through, and this is this struggle that is connected to this. And to not have any witches of, like, folk practitioners, like, no Santeria, no voodoo, it's just very much, like, charmed white ladies with magic powers and red hair. So that was a little bit of a swing and a miss. I think it's an interesting type of film to try and make, and to, again, bring that idea of, like, witchcraft and criminalising witchcraft to something like The Handmaid's Tale and see how that would affect like women obviously because witchcraft and witch persecution has typically been a tool of misogyny. It's an interesting comparison to draw, I just wish that they hadn't gotten confused with trying to do so much and then not having the time and the space to really unpack any of their ideas. However, it's just nice to see a witch film being made in like 2020, 2021. We don't get many of them so I'm happy that this one got made and had a reasonable budget, I guess, because it's got, like, actors and things that I've heard of, even if the CGI was a little bit of a mess. And it kind of gives me hope that there could be a better version of this later on, like, more developed. I feel like this would maybe work more as a TV series, kind of like The Handmaid's Tale. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's an interesting concept and one that I would like to watch again if it were not so boring. If you have any other movies that you'd like to recommend to me, do get in touch. I get far too few recommendations and I need stuff to occupy myself with or I'll get into all sorts of trouble. Uh, so drop me those recommendations into the comment section or by email. And in the meantime, I'll see you in the next one. Bye!